Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Red Light Report. Today on this episode, I have Dr. Kian Vu, and he is the founder of Vu MD Longevity and Performance Clinic. Assistant Professor of Health Sciences at UCLA, a speaker, and an author of the newly released book called Thrive State, Your Blueprint for Optimal Health, Longevity, and Peak Performance. He got his fellowship in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine with the American Board of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine. He has appeared on national TV and media outlets, including The Doctors, Access Live, and TEDx. Dr. Vu's ultimate goal is to empower people and help them reclaim their healing power. So without further ado, Dr. Vu, welcome to the Red Light Report. Mike, thank you for that warm introduction, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. So let's just get down to business and let's talk about your background because that's how you kind of open up the book is you talk about where you've come from to where you are today. And you were certainly not given a silver spoon to start your life. You went through a lot of changes early on in life from moving to dealing with being an Asian American sure. and the trials and tribulations that come along with that, and then health-wise and mental. So you've been through quite a bit of adversity, and it's pretty inspiring to see where you are today. So just give us your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, certainly. You know, So where to start? Well, you know, let's just start about what kind of physician I am or I was. So, you know, I studied at, you know, some of the top institutions in our country, the National Institutes of Health, Howard Hughes Medical Institute, UC San Diego School of Medicine and UCLA to be a interventional and a diagnostic radiologist. So for people who don't know what those things are, it's a medical degree. In radiology, we use medical technologies such as x-rays, CT scans, ultrasounds, MRIs to pierce inside the body to see what disease looks like inside the body. And what is an interventional radiologist? Well, that person uses that medical imaging to do minimally invasive surgeries. So uh, I was a minimally invasive surgeon that's worked on end-stage chronic disease, such as cancer, diabetes, heart disease, renal disease. I've seen the gamut of what you know the disease spectrum is as a physician. Well, about five years ago, I find myself overweight, diabetic, hypertensive, and really starting to get the early stage diseases, you know, of the ones I was treating. And I knew at that time I was spending my entire life chasing this thing called success and not necessarily knowing what true health really meant that I needed to take a really, really deep look in my life. And so at that point, I paused my, my practice as an interventional radiologist, went back part-time, and then did the things necessary to reverse my chronic conditions and to heal myself. And part of that is really understanding how I got to that point to begin with. And so you mentioned a few things. I was born in Vietnam, the Chinese parents, immigrants in Vietnam, shortly after the Vietnam War. So it was right around that time, the communists had seized all the businesses there. And my parents knew that there was, wasn't going to be a future for me there. And so they took me, some of our very few belongings that we had and boarded this boat filled with 2000 refugees that were crammed like sardines that left and escaped Vietnam. 
there wasn't any space in the refugee camp we were in. So we were on that boat for eight months. I was the only infant to have survived. I had dysentery when I was on the boat. We spent another three months in a Philippine refugee camp. And then we were sponsored to America by a Catholic church when I was uh, two years old. And one would think a kid growing up after that adversity would be a very grateful kid. But unfortunately, being a poor kid, I got bused to a more affluent area, you know, to attend school. So being a poor Asian immigrant kid in a rich kid school was definitely no walk in the park. I was constantly being teased for being an immigrant, for being poor, being told, you know, I was a chink and go back to my home country, being teased for the holes in my hand-me-down clothes and for the stinky food my mom sent me to school with. And so I grew up feeling less than, you know, I felt like some people might have their own version of that, but feeling like I was not enough, was not worthy. And I did not like my Asian or immigrant background and carrying that energy of not feeling not enough on the inside. Well, what does that do to a lot of people? And for me, you sought this external things to try to prove to yourself. And for me, it was when I went through medical school, and that wasn't my first choice. I actually wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. But my mom told me I had three choices. I son, you could be a doctor, an MD, or physician. And certainly I wanted to make her happy. I went to medical school. But when I went there, I, I still chased all these external things. And in fact, I used that white coat to hide that not enoughness I was having inside. You know, I was seeking success on the outside. And what that did was it brought a lot of additional stress inside my body. That really set the stage of poor habits that ultimately led to the diabetes, hypertension, and the chronic disease. And I know I was talking a lot there, but you know that's how a medical doctor that was really speaking around the world on my medical expertise got sick, but it was really understanding that that process of understanding myself, understanding what health really is that put me on a path of healing. And this is what my book really is about, is really about us being in control of our health and our genetics by how we live in life. Yeah, and we'll get into that shortly as far as diving a little deeper into the epigenetics and the role that that plays. But yeah, let's get into the book because it's a new release and I found it very powerful, uh, the information that you provide. Again, it's called Thrive State, Your Blueprint for Optimal Health, Longevity, and Peak Performance. And within each chapter, there's really snack-sized sections of information along with pictures and diagrams and tables and then Dr. Vu sprinkles in his Dr. V's prescription uh, throughout each chapter so you can follow his guidance and his suggestions. So for example, Dr. V's sleep environment prescription is treat your sleep environment the way global environments should be treated, clean and pristine for better quality sleep. And so those are sprinkled throughout the book. There's dozens and dozens of them. And then at the end of each chapter, he has a list of five to thrive that helps kind of recap each chapter and kind of gives a great synopsis of the detailed information in each chapter if you just want the down and dirty quick information along with scientific citations. And kind of to circle back, you kind of began with this. You said that you were chasing success, which I think is a common theme with a lot of people, yeah. especially in the US and especially me being an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm guilty yeah. of that as any other person. And so in the introduction of the book, you had a pretty profound quote from the Dalai Lama I kind of want to yeah. read to tie it all together. The Dalai Lama says, man surprised me most about humanity because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die then dies having never really lived. And so to your point, Dr. Vu, 
you were in that kind of mindset, that rat race, if you will, but you had this moment of clarity, seemingly, that had led you to this uh, health and wellness journey that you've been on. So you had your experience with the symptoms-centric allopathic medical model. Yeah. Clearly didn't fit with your vibration. And so you decided to go with the functional medicine and the whole anti-aging path, which is treating more so the root cause, of course. Kind of tell us your experience, if any, you had with the allopathic model and then how this functional medicine and the bioenergetic medicine is different. Yeah. So, you know, I practiced good 15 years-ish in the allopathic model. And as a surgeon, a minimally invasive surgeon, I basically, at a point, people came in bleeding. I would get called in the middle of the night to go into the, a blood vessel, drive to that blood vessel and stop the bleeding. That is something I've saved so many lives for. And that's for an acute condition. And so I feel that the allopathic model is great for acute conditions. You know, if you've got pneumonia, treat it with some antibiotics. If you've got somebody who's got an appendicitis, go in and take it out. It's, it's inflamed. We haven't been very good with chronic conditions, and we basically treated chronic conditions with some Band-Aids, not underlying the upstream or the root causes of what really is happening. And so when I started developing diabetes, hypertension, all that, it was really a lifestyle and an energy that I was given my cells, and my cells are listening, you know, basically to my orders for it. And the orders that I had given it was, hey, you're in a stress state. And when you're in a stress state, what that does overall in the body is increases inflammation. It will lower your immunity. And that puts you on the road for getting chronic symptoms like brain fog, like being overweight, like low libido, pains and aches. And it also sets the stage for getting chronic disease. And so, you know, when I had all that, I had recognized that in medical school, and I didn't really learn what true health was. In fact, the culture of going through medical school is actually pretty brutal. One, you might have some competitive colleagues that you're stressed out in dealing with. It's late night studying, early morning rounding. It's probably no education on nutrition and the accessibility to a lot of the junk foods that are in the hospital. All those things are actually the root cause of what causes eventual disease. And I'll talk about that in a second, but we didn't really learn that. And so I lived a lifestyle that was very, very stressed out and, and the habits I have didn't promote health. And uh, when I was faced with that, I really thought of myself being a fraud because here I am a doctor giving medical advice, you know, having chronic disease. And it wasn't until I said, Hey, you know what? I need to step away from this for a little bit. And the first things I did was just fix my sleep, nutrition, and my movement. And I reversed my conditions in the matter of four to six months. But as I got deeper, as I started to study integrative and functional medicine, as I started to study anti-aging, there's a lot that we talk about. And there's very important science around epigenetics that actually tells us that it's not our genes that define how our cells behave. Yes, we are given a certain genes from mom and dad, but it's how these genes interact with its environment on a moment-to-moment -moment basis that actually dictates how our cells behave and how we ultimately become in our health, in our vitality, and in our performance. And we can go deeper into that. I'm sure you have questions there, but uh, I just wanted to answer that piece for you. Yeah, definitely. As far as epigenetics, in the book, you mentioned that about 95% of the chronic diseases that we're facing in America have lifestyle components. I don't know if that has any correlation directly to the mitochondria or not, just because I know the, the work of Dr. Doug Wallace, one of the yeah. top, if not the top mitochondrial researcher in the world, mm -hmm. has gone on record multiple times based on his research and others that 
about 80% of all diseases are related to the mitochondria versus the nuclear DNA. So to your point, um, that should be liberating for a lot of people because that means you have a ton of control over your, your health and your longevity. And like you said, vitality. To answer that question, um, a lot of people say, oh, okay, you know what? When people are in a chronically stressed state and the, and the cells don't get what they need, there's certain things that actually happen. You'll notice that the efficiency of your mitochondria is decreased. You'll notice that the nitric oxide in your body is decreased. You'll notice that your propensity of dysbiosis in your microbiome is actually raised. You'll also notice that your telomeres probably are also smaller. You can look at each one of those things and say, oh, okay, that's really the cause of chronic disease. That's actually not the case. All those things are actually symptoms that you'll find that if you don't give the cells what they need and if the cells are in a chronically stressed mode, those are the, some of the symptoms of the things that you'll happen. You'll see mitochondria decrease. You'll see shorter telomeres. And I think it's fixing all those lifestyle things that you can find will start to reverse a lot of those things. But addressing each one individually will also help. Absolutely. And in your book, you said that you began during your learning process, you're trying to synthesize all this information. So you eventually came down to what you call the 20 bioenergetic elements, but you wanted something that was more succinct and kind of more attainable on a day-to-day basis. So you can make it more of a daily lifestyle regimen. And so you eventually got it down to the seven bioenergetic elements, which you have as sleep, nutrition, movement, stress, mindset, relationships and community, and purpose. And like you've alluded to already, how each one of those in isolation, but of course, in tandem can affect your bioenergetic biochemical mediators, like the hormones, neurotransmitters, growth factors, and so on. So can you kind of give us a quick breakdown of how you went through that process of learning all this information, distilling it to the 20, distilling it down to the seven, and then how do you utilize it with yourself and with your clients? Yeah, great question. Hey, thank you for reading the book and being a good student of the book. So As I was studying epigenetics, I got a a colleague over at UCLA, Stephen Cole. He's an epigeneticist there where a lot of the work that I've done was based off of. And this is what we noticed, right? So I'm going to step back one step further to say basically a little bit more on epigenetics and the relationship between optimal health, longevity, and peak performance is to chronic disease. And they're really two sides of the same coin. And that coin is really the state of our cells. If our cells are given the right signals and all their cells are functioning optimally, we ourselves, our body, we're made of cells. Those cells actually work together to form organs. Those organs work together to form organ systems. And then those organ systems make up who we are. All those things are energetically tied together. Bioenergetic medicine is really the study of the energy flow in living organisms. Hey there, guys. So I know you're excited to learn about red light therapy, but I'm betting that you're also interested in finding a high-quality red light therapy device. Well, look no further than my company, BioLite. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the thousands of customers that have come before you and have chosen BioLite because of its unprecedented combination of high light power, low EMF emission, and low light flicker. So you're not only getting the most effective treatment option, but the safest as well. And there's many sizes to choose from. There's handheld devices, tabletop models, and even full body panels. So there's definitely a size to match your lifestyle and health and wellness goals. As an added bonus, you can claim a $100 value gift at checkout when you use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST. Just go to www.biolight.shop, choose whichever device is going to match your health and wellness needs, and use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST to claim your $100 gift. Again, that's www 
www.biolite.shop. So when everything is functioning optimally, if our cells are functioning optimally, that's when we have longevity. That's when we have our neurons firing our best mental, physical, sexual performances all increase. When they are not given what they need, right? If they're given the signals that there is stress in our body, imagine a cell functioning at 75% and everything's all connected with each other. Imagine now you're only going to get 75% oxygen extracted from your lungs. Guess what? Now in the whole energetic system, your brain cell, your kidney cell, your heart cell is going to get 75% or less oxygen. Well, guess what? They're not going to function very well. All of a sudden, your kidney cells are not filtering out the stuff that it's to filter out. Now there's toxins in the system, and that affects everything. And that really sets the stage of getting chronic disease. So there's really two major pathways our cells could take. One is that optimal high bioenergetic state, what I call the thrive state, where at the end of that, we've got peak performance, we have longevity, we have optimal health. And on the flip side of that, we have symptoms, and that's when we get chronic disease. So that's really what we call now, when we talk a little bit about epigenetics, that's what it is. It's every single energy component, whether it be light, whether it be sound, whether it be emotions and thought has some kind of biochemical change. Like for example, the light energy that hits our eyes actually talks to the, the photoreceptors in our eyes that turns into energy of a nerve signal that then travels through our brain. Our brain then perceives something, changes that into energy into our hormones, and all of a sudden melatonin is, is now suppressed. So all these energies actually speak to our DNA in a moment-to-moment basis. But remembering millions of them isn't going to do anyone any good. So when I spoke to epigeneticist Steve Cole, we boiled it down to seven major things. And you master these seven major things, your ability to perform at your very best, live a long time, and to be, be the superhero version of yourself is going to be very high. And your ability to get and potentially reverse chronic disease that's going to be very low. Your ability to get chronic disease will be low. And each one of these things are energetically connected to each other. If you improve on your sleep, your growth hormone levels and your sex hormone levels, they're going to increase. That's going to go into the entire system. That's going to raise the bioenergetic state of the system. So that's how they all work together is if you just improve on one thing here, you improve basically the bioenergetics in the entire system and every single cell in your body is going to benefit from that. So that's how all those things work together. And so in your experience, what is, you know, the top stressor that people are facing today? Well, it's different for everybody. Everybody grew up with sort of different ideas of stress. And here's the thing, it's, it could be coming generationally. So is the top stressor dealing with hate and persecution? And if you're a person of color like myself, I know I dealt with feelings of not being enough, dealing with mild anxiety and depression because I was a person of color and, and the, the majority didn't see me and I felt less than. So that could be a stressor. Is it financial stress? So it's very different for everybody. And understanding what that is and what that trigger is for you and being able to, to transmute that. I actually have a process in the book where you know I take a quote from Viktor Frankl and we actually shift the emotions. Once we start to notice a negative emotion, start to shift the emotions, knowing that the thoughts that we have are not necessarily our thoughts and that the thoughts that we have, the majority of them are negative, but that's a primitive way that our brain uses to keep us feeling safe. But when we start to begin to understand that we don't have to believe all our thoughts and we can start to focus on the things that we want to so that we could feel better, 
that's when we start to shift the energy in our body and put ourselves in, into that thrive state. I remember that quote, and you also alluded to Dr. Joe Dispenza, which is Becoming Supernatural is one of my favorite books of all time. And like you're alluding to, a lot of it is mental. And as Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, we always think about our past so we can always feel like a victim. And that just becomes a, an addictive, safe feeling. And it's tough to break that chain. But once you do, it's very liberating. And it's not just a mental component. It really is a biochemical neurotransmitter. You can literally yeah. change anything mm -hmm. and everything in your body. Yes. And I believe in his book, or even Wim Hof, for example, mm -hmm. the things he can do at a cellular level just with his mind is pretty powerful. So that's a good point as far as everyone doesn't have the same stress, but we all kind of get trapped in our own mind. And so being able to strategically get out of that, which can be difficult, is very healing. And so... You alluded to light, which is, you know, what I'm all about, especially how it hits the eyes, superchiasmatic nucleus, and does all those things down the chain. So let's take a dive into sleep for a moment, and specifically the sunlight exposure that you talk about and the role it plays in enhancing your sleep, normalizing your circadian rhythm. So let's start there, and then we'll have some follow-up questions. Yeah, sounds great. I mean, sleep is is so important. It really wrecks your hormones when you don't get a good night of sleep. In fact, you know, there's been studies that have shown a few nights of sleep will actually increase your, your risk of getting diabetes by many, many fold. And that's because it messes with the main hormones in your body, cortisol, even your hunger hormones like ghrelin and, and, and leptin. So getting good sleep is super important, you know, and what we find is a lot of people are dealing with a lot of junk light during the day that really suppresses our melatonin levels and we're not getting good light in our body. So one of the things, you know, you mentioned sunlight, I love to get that early in the morning so that it hits my eyes, hits my skin. And that's a natural way to increase cortisol. Now, cortisol plays a good function. You know, unfortunately, some people have a lot of bad light dealing with that and dealing with a lot of stress and elevated cortisol for an extended period of time. That's what's causes of chronic problems, but having it increase naturally in the morning is so important. That helps you reset your circadian clock. So getting early morning sunlight is something that, that I, I recommend for people to do. And if you want to like super stack that is exercise while you're out there, you're going to get a two for one. Yeah. And what I like to do in the morning is since I live really close to a river secluded, I go out barefoot. So I get the grounding plus the sunlight in my eyes and skin. But like you're saying, yeah, stacking it with some exercise or something else is, is fantastic. So secondly, you talked about this a little bit already. What are some of the negative impacts of non-native lights, the Bluetooth fluorescent lights, which have high light flicker? So what are the negative side effects of that? And then how can people optimize their light environment? Yeah, certainly. Great question. So there's a lot of junk light that's out there, the, the blue light. And the major thing that happens is that it actually suppresses your melatonin levels. And so when you find that you're exposed to that, say you're sleeping very well, you're not going to get that really deep sleep, or some people aren't going to be able to sleep very well at all, because all this artificial light makes your body think that there is still danger and it's still day. And so that exposure is really bad. So one thing that you could certainly do um, you know, as a biohack is wear some blue light blocking glasses during the day. And there's certainly day and nighttime versions of that for people to use. Uh, and then certainly it's harder, particularly for a lot of entrepreneurs now that are on their phones and on their computers, but using apps to kind of mitigate some of the blue light exposure there is going to be important as well. And I've posted some pretty interesting research on the non-native EMF, especially at night before you're going to bed, like blue and green and purple 
all inhibit your melatonin production, especially blue, of course. Yeah. But red light does not inhibit your melatonin production. So in my experience, and then with my client's experience, some people are naturally energized by red light therapy, which makes sense because you're optimizing the health of the mitochondria, making it more efficient, which produces energy. But yeah. some people really do find the red light extremely relaxing. But at least according to this piece of research, it doesn't inhibit your melatonin production. Right. So kind of on that thread, what is your experience with light therapy or red light therapy, either with yourself or clients? Yeah. So I, the way I, I kind of theorize that, I find that some, like you said, some people feel like red light therapy is great for achieving optimal performance. People find that they recover very well with red light therapy. People find that they're calm and relaxed in the morning and their people find like they get rejuvenated from that. So the question is, how are there all these seemingly opposite effects? Well, the thing is, our body normally acts to go to sleep, to have energy, and to relax at times. And our body normally does those things. So how then does that all work? So there are some things, like I said, when we do the seven lifestyle things that optimize our, our bioenergetic state, our body just does what it does naturally. And when you increase the battery pack or you improve the efficiency of the battery pack of all your cells, your cells are just going to be that much better at doing what it's supposed to do. So when you are ready to go to bed and, and you're, you're there to be able to rejuvenate yourself, red light therapy seems to do that. When you are in a place where you need to recover, increasing that battery pack for every single part of your cell seems to do that as well. So that seems, you know, from my client's perspective, it, it has so many different properties that some of these properties seem very conflicting, like relaxing yet energized at the same time. And my reasoning for that is if you just allow the cell to do what it's going to do, it's just going to enhance that and make that better. Absolutely. I mean, red light therapy isn't like enhancer of everything, like you're saying, it modulates it. Yeah. If you have too much inflammation, it will reduce your inflammation, but it's not going to send your inflammation through the floor where you have like negative inflammation. With a thyroid, it can either modulate it if your blood work is low or it can bring it down if it's high. It really depends on the person's health state. That's what I've noticed. And along with that, some people don't notice results with red light therapy. And I think that's because they're relatively healthy and or their dosage is incorrect. But if you're in an unhealthy state and you use red light therapy, you're most likely to see these dramatic improvements and quickly because you have the most room for improvement. Whereas people who are quote unquote healthy, their mitochondria is optimized. You're not going to notice much probably, although the real results will come when decades down the road, yeah. Um, you can compare yourself to your colleagues and you're probably going to have more energy. You're going to just look better, feel better. So the results might not come right away, but it's about the longevity component like you and your book have spoke about. And in the book, you talk about mitochondria as it relates to exercise. I found the research pretty interesting. 12 weeks of high intensity training on a bike and younger people, 18 to 30, saw pretty darn good improvements with 49% increase in their mitochondrial capacity. Mm -hmm. But what was really awesome is for the older population, 65 to 80, they saw a 69% increase in their mitochondrial capacity, which makes sense, a little detrained. So again, more room for improvement. But in your research and looking for stuff relative to mitochondria, did you come across any other interesting research, exercise or otherwise? Yeah, certainly. There's going to be a lot of different type of you know, mitochondrial enhancers. A lot of people use NAD. 
as well as the precursors to them, NMN and NR. These seem to be mitochondrial enhancers. A lot of people say anything that helps elevate nitric oxide will also be a mitochondrial enhancer. So, you know, the mitochondria is something that, that is definitely really looked at because, you know, in Dave Asprey's book, he talks about mitochondrial dysfunction is one of the, the proponents of aging. And like I said, I don't know if it's the actual cause there. I actually think there's all these things that actually happen if your cells are in that stress state, mitochondria being one of them. Yeah. And back to Dr. Doug Wallace, he would tell us the less energy a cell has, the quicker it's going to age. Yeah. And so back to the mitochondria, if the mitochondria aren't operating optimally, and there's thousands of mitochondria per cell for most cells, that cell is going to be lacking energy. And like you've talked about already, the role that stress plays on increasing your inflammation, which is excessive protons in your body versus we want electrons for energy. So like we're talking about grounding and sunlight and the, the proper food, which we haven't really talked about yet, is really important to optimizing your energy state, which in theory should slow down or mitigate your aging. So right now, at, towards the end of the book, you talked about some pretty interesting stuff, you know, with the peptides and other anti-aging longevity tactics. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the new and more novel anti-aging longevity tools that you've come across and or are using with yourself? Yeah, great question. So firstly, you know, I want to say that everything up until that epilogue, you know, I do talk about some some latest in anti-aging therapy and things like that. Everything up until that point, you know, when I talk about the bioenergetic state, all that is free. And that's really the crux of my message is you are your best medicine. And if you focus on these seven things that are completely free to you, you have the access to longevity, optimal health and all this stuff. But medical technology is, has been fantastic, both in allopathic medicine and around. And there are some things that seem to give people a little bit of a boost and I think there's some great science that's there, but for anybody who's like, man, do I spend my money? You know, it could be, it could rack up and be very expensive, you know, everything on, on this anti-aging train, but it's great. What have I found out there? Well, one, there are peptides. And what, what are peptides? Well, peptides are basically small protein fragments that have a specific function in the body. And as we age, some of the function just is just not as robust as when we were younger. Growth hormone levels typically decrease and the function of a lot of proteins also decrease. And that's what these peptides serve to function. Now, some people are like, oh, are, are peptides bad? Or Insulin is actually a peptide, right? Insulin is a small protein fragment that's used in our body that's secreted from your pancreas to bring your blood sugars down. So that is a peptide. And so there are peptides that help raise level of growth hormones. There are peptides that work in your nervous system to help with erections. There are peptides that help actually help with skin and with inflammation and all those things. And, and I go through some of that in my book. Specifically, you know, the ones that I talk about in my book is ones that people have been using pretty frequently, which is the growth hormone secretion analogs, the like TJC, Samorlin, or Ipermorlin. BPC-157 is a great anti-inflammatory peptide. So that's out there. You know, I find that for a lot of people, their hormone levels are a little bit off. Now, a lot of people, the hormone levels are off just because of their lifestyle is out of whack. So I never propose somebody go replace their hormones and keep their old lifestyle because if your lifestyle is that way, your bioenergetic state is down, that's going to cause your whole system to be off and fixing your system while your system is off is not the way to go. But if you focus on a lifestyle's approach, fixing that bioenergetic state, and if you happen then to want to like raise your level of testosterone and for women, estrogen, particularly you know around menopause, 
optimizing those will actually bring peak performance and is anti-aging as well. Those are, you know, the main things that I use in my clinic. And then there, there's certainly just making sure we supplement. I, I know probably every single person that comes to me in my concierge practice is low in vitamin D that we have to supplement with. So just making sure people are supplement. I go through what a general supplementation regimen might look like for people. So I think that's important. And then there's other things that, that I talk about in there that I do something called ketamine therapy, which is almost kind of like a psychedelic therapy to reach some of those maybe some negative thought loops and some negative beliefs that just keep coming up that put people in the stress state. That's, I find a very powerful medicine to get people out of it. And Dr. Vu, to circle back when we were talking about NAD real quickly. Yeah. Do you find that there's any negative consequences or are you worried about putting something in your body that is endogenously produced? Are you worried about inhibiting that feedback loop, NAD or, or other supplements or like that? I would probably say to a certain degree, you know, and a lot of people ask me the same. I personally optimize my testosterone levels and the clients I go through optimizing that has really put them in a level of performance that is much, much higher. And does that decrease a little bit of endogenous production? The answer is yes. We just find from a lot of the anti-aging research that levels in the optimal range really help better the function. Like for example, for men, I would probably say total testosterone levels anywhere from 800 to 1200 is, is optimal. For most guys, I would probably say they would start to lose some of their testosterone beginning at the age of 30. Now, if you're doing things to like worsen your bioenergetic state, that's going to plummet down even faster. And I think it's, it's a personal decision for everybody. Do they want to be in what's normal for age, which could be very, very healthy. And, and I've got a friend who's my age, who is much more strict about doing everything his his testosterone levels are actually quite good but you'll reach a level in any person's life with age and this happens with testosterone this happens with NAD where those levels just might not be as high as it is before and if you find yourself enjoying the benefits of supplementing it then that's a personal decision i would probably say Definitely do it with somebody who's been trained in functional integrative medicine so that you're not overdoing it. And so that you're also not looking at the root causes of a lot of other disease and just blindly supplementing somebody with that. I think you're, you're doing that person a disservice if you're not looking at the entire person. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know, relative to the bioenergetic field or bioenergetic medicine, what are your thoughts on the whole 5G thing and the negative ramifications that can have on your cells and in your bioenergetic elements? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. And I don't think we've got enough data. We've definitely showed that basically in Petri dishes, cells just aren't functioning very well how much that would lead to chronic disease and how much of the bad effects, we don't really, really know. So I would say in the meantime, if you can, and I know so many people can, so many people are stuck on their phones. What we do know is this, more nature is always good and less devices is always better. So as much as you can, just to limit those things will probably be better for your health long-term. Kind of like the whole concept of forest bathing, grounding. I mean, just get out in nature, get in the ocean, get in the rivers, get in the lakes. So let's see here. Lastly, before we sign off here, what are the one to three things people can incorporate today into their health regimen to start optimizing their health, longevity, and their peak performance? Well, great question. And I think it's going to be individual for everybody. You know, I provide a handful of, of bite-sized things for people to try, and you're going to get a lot if you read the book. Just don't be overwhelmed. And I always stress this. 
Your bioenergetic state is not due to your genetics, and it's not due to one action or two actions. Your bioenergetic state is basically a product of your habits. So it's about getting rid of those habits and lower your state and installing those habits that increase it. And what are those one or two things that are going to be a little bit different for everybody? I think it's reading a book, be, becoming aware of those seven things that most affect our bioenergetic state, and then listing those one to three things that are going to be the easiest for you to implement. Because like I said, all these things are energetically connected. If you fix one thing, you're going to change those biochemical mediators in that energetic soup that our cells are bathing in. And that changes for all the cells in your body. So as you work on one thing, you'll notice it gets a lot easier for somebody else. But for me, I would probably say emotional work, mental work, and all that tends to be a little bit tougher for a lot of people. And it's easier to work on some of those physical things. And so those physical things might be sleep. It might be nutrition. It might be exercising and getting yourself to do that first. In fact, those are the things I worked on when I first started to reverse everything. And the thing is, once you shift those things, your body is just going to feel better. You're going to change your hormone profile in your system, and you're going to change the efficiency of your mitochondria. You're going to feel better. Suddenly, when you feel better, addressing and becoming more aware of your negative thoughts and becoming aware of the emotions in your body, that's an easier route to go rather than if you're already really stressed out and you're not working on your physical health, trying to attack your mental and emotional health becomes a lot harder to do. Yeah, I gotcha. That's a great answer. And I love that. Just in line with your book and your overall message, I think people really need to take the time to read this book. Again, we didn't even scratch the surface of the information that Dr. Vu has in his book. And like he said in his answer, it should be very empowering and liberating to know that really your health and your longevity and your peak performance is in your own hands. So like he said, everyone's going to have their own way to optimize their health and longevity. It's an N equals one. It's not going to be one size fits all. So read his book, learn the information. It's worth your time. Dr. Vu, I appreciate you again, taking your time out of your busy schedule to be on the Red Light Report. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing your homework and reminding everybody that they are their best medicine. My pleasure. All right, guys, everyone have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page, at biolite.shop in our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.